0: Welcome to Mad Toast Live Recorded in front of a live audience We're here at the Brink Lounge 701 East Washington Avenue Right down the hill from the Capitol Building In Madison, Wisconsin We're your hosts, I'm Mary Gaines And this is Chris
1: Wagon. Thank you all for coming tonight I think this is a maybe a first for us here on Mad Toast Live. We're really excited to be here with Candid Concert Opera, based in Madison. We're talking to uh, uh, Kudruts Bursan, the musical director.
2: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Right.
1: So could you give us a little approximation of what's going to happen
2: tonight? So uh, we will do um, highlights from Barber of Seville. The first part, Barber of Seville by Rossini, by the way. It's an opera, buffa. it's a comic opera and we'll have the first part of the concert, it will be like different arias from the um, opera, and then we'll have um, the quintet and the finale from the second act. And we'll have the wonderful Tom Castle here who will keep the story going.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's been our guest a couple of times in different groups, so this is, it'll be exciting to see him
3: love it. <laughs> um,
1: and to talk just brief briefly about what this organization is about. This started in uh, 2000, you started this. Producer. Yes, I
2: did start this company in 2009. So it's a very young company. And I did start it because um, I want to give a chance to the young artists, um, master's degrees or right after they finish the school to learn another role and put them in their repertoire for the future, when they will go in the real opera world, where it's really, really hard, um, if you have a lot of roles in your repertoire, it's really good. Yeah, so you're
0: giving them a leg up, basically. Yeah, that's great.
2: Sorry, <sighs> kind of giving them a
1: <laughs> giving them a leg up. We're not sure what that really means, for,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's another yeah, word for of.
1: helping them with their yeah. repertoire. So.
0: That,
1: yeah. <laughs> so one of the other features of what you're doing is you're offering unstaged, essentially unstaged concert performances in, in, that aren't in a concert hall.
2: Yes, we are doing uh, in very, um, in a very intimate sets, uh, we are doing in a, the, the entire opera, full opera in a concert version. We don't have any kind of sets, any kind of um, lights, special lights. This is the most... lighting stage we had until now we do use we do dress for the concert we have a bow tie and we are in a black suit but not tonight and uh, we do cut all the recits and we'll have like i said tom castle who is the narrator and keeps the story going and um, we have um, super titles in english everybody can actually understand what's happened in the story in the opera all right, wonderful. Well, without further ado, you can go to candidconcertopera.org
1: to find out more about them. But, candid concert opera.
3: Figaro! Hey, Figaro! Yes, tonight, that beloved baritone and barber, Figaro. And one could say the most famous comic opera ever. And uh, it was also known by the name of Almaviva, or Useless Precaution, back in the day, and uh, of course uh, composed by Rossini, and uh, based on the uh, Beaumarchais play of the same name. In Act One, we find ourselves in an open square in Seville near dawn, beneath the barred windows of the house of Dr. Bartolo, who is the guardian of the lovely Rosina. Count Almaviva arrives, wrapped in a cloak disguised as Lindoro, a poor student, as he wants Rosina to fall in love with him, not his title or his money. (laughs) So Lindoro, who will be sung by our tenor Scott Jason tonight. Lindoro is beneath Rosina's window, and he beckons Arise and awake, my Ferris. Oh Rosina is taken with this poor student, <laughs> Lindoro, who loiters beneath her window, but he, he knows nothing about this. And in sad defeat, he settles himself in to wait forever, if necessary, beneath Rosina's window. But it will soon appear that the answer to his dilemma lies in a certain jolly intruder, an ordinary, actually extraordinary barber by the name of Figaro to whom life is glorious. With comb and razor in hand, he goes through life with one ambition, to please. The best of professions. And here we have baritone Durrell Hayes to prove that. <clears throat>
4: Rather no 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 Kola domnetta, la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la la-la-la-la-la-la, la-la-la, la-la, la-la, la-la Yelbe feeblee, ke melke chene, A pedrum barbiele, a dikwalita, a dikwalita a tutti mi chiedono, a tutti mi vogliono, a tutte ragazze, a vecchi fanciulle, a quella barbuta, a presto la valba, a quella sanguigna, a presto bietto. Tutti mi chiedono, tutti mi vogliono, tutti mi chiedono, tutti mi vogliono. Quella barbuta, presto la valba, presto bietto è a asf. Figaro, Figaro, finger Figaro, finger Figaro, finger me, ay me, que furia. Ay me, che folla. Uno oh, la volta per figure a figura figure a rap figure a figura figure figura figure soup, figure a figure a suit, figure a put a la 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 I la not figure, but la 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 I la 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 la
3: of Act One. we find that Rosina's guardian, Dr. Bartolo, intends to marry Rosina himself and locks her in his house and orders that no one but he and her music teacher, the crafty Don Basilio, may see her. Act Two begins in this house. The windows are closed with Venetian blinds. Rosina is now a captive in her own home. She holds a letter in her hand and will be played by our soprano, Jessica Lee Timmon. Mezzo soprano.
5: Una voce poco fa qui nel cor mi risuona il mio cor.
3: A jealous Bartolo suspects that the wily barber has put Rosina up to some mischief. His friend, and Rosina's music master, Don Basilio, enters and tells the doctor that the barber may be the least of their worries. There is another matter, this Count Almaviva. Perhaps we can deal with him, or at least his good name, in an indirect way.
7: Kösteri çerveli, öle kösteri çerveli Di loco loco, messo, la going to e si si e in a sempre It's always in the going to Canone Unto il times, Un Unto il times, on Che modern l'aria on Unto il moto on Unto il moto on Unto il times, on Che modern l'aria on Il meschino calunniato on to so il pubblico flagello Per gran sorte va Il meschino avilito, calpestato Sotto il pubblico la... Cielo è gran sorte va crepar, sotto il pubblico fragello per gran sorte va crepar sotto il pubblico fragello per gran sorte va crepar. si fa crepar, si fa crepar
3: I forgot to mention that is Roberto Quintanilla who is also not a soprano. (laughs) The doctor prefers to go directly to matrimony and skip some of uh, Don Basilio's intrigues. Bartolo questions Rosina and quickly becomes annoyed and impatient with her responses concerning a certain letter. Conversations with Figaro and ink stains upon her fingers. Uh, Our good doctor, Dan Mackey, (laughs) says, Enough! Silence! And then tells Rosina a little more.
8: Queste scuse, signorina. A un dottor de la mia solle, Queste scuse, signorina. Vi consiglio, mia carina, Un po' meglio imposturar, Melio, meglio, meglio, meglio. meglio. Vi consiglio, mia carina, Un po' meglio imposturar, Melio, meglio, meglio, meglio. Vi consiglio, mia carina, un po' meglio vi posso durar. Sì, sì, sì. Vi consiglio, mia carina, un po' meglio vi posso durar. Ando a la mia sorte. Queste scuse, signorina. Vi consiglio, mia carina, un po' meglio vi posso durar. Un po' meglio Un po' meglio. Bom oh, meio mia, per potermi corbellar altro, 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 altro. Scivola, altro, figlia mia, per potermi corbellar altro, 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 altro. Perché manca l'accolfio. Cosa pergo testo embrio? Perché manca l'accolfio. Sono inutili le smorfie. Fermala. Non mi toccate, fermala! Non mi toccate, no! <laughs> Figlia mia, non sferrate, non si lascia invito invocar. No, no. Figlia mia, non sferrate, non si lascia invito invocar. Quando torna la mia sorte. Così Carina, un po' meglio imposturare, un po' meglio imposturare, un po' meglio, un po' meglio imposturare. Mia Carina, confessate, son disposto a perdonar. Parlate vi ostinate Non parlate vi ostinate So ben io quelch'io da far So ben io quelch'io da far Signorina, to vote, to consolata disperata hanno se e non lo esporge sacha pure la gatta bortta così tu vuoi quella porta e mi guarde tutto qua ero zini non ti tira ero non ti tira consolata disperata consolata disperata tuo camera serrata in tuo camera serrata in tuo camera serrata ti godori sana bra sis 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 in tuo camera serrata ti chiamavo Sì, dove camera serrata ci tuo camera serrata ci tuo camera serata, Sisters, 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 but if I faccio, pure morta, faccio pure
0: Just joined us. We are here with Candid Concert, Concert Opera.
1: <laughs> nice. We'd like to. We're going to hire Kudrutz to follow us around to provide theme music throughout the day. Yeah, that us, would be so wonderful. A, one of those little strap-on pianos, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, um, are there any other groups around the country that you know of that are doing anything
1: similar?
2: I'm sure there are, but to be honest, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure there are others. Yeah. And they're not here today. So No, they are not here today. No. Actually, I, Hopefully. I, I do
5: know that um yeah. there is Doc Cornetto Opera in Chicago and also I think Minnesota, there's a concert opera company starting up there as well. Okay. Oh
1: good. Yeah, this this format is really wonderful. Because everybody if, if you're if you're not in our listening audience tonight, everyone's pretty kind of dressed down, you know, and this is uh, this is obviously you know, not what we come to expect. And I'm this... really missing the velvet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I noticed about this lack of costuming, though, that's done is, is you, you tend to really focus on facial expressions. So if you're, you're hearing laughter in the audience and all, that's all coming from their performance, you know? Not even knowing what they're saying. And that, the other question I wanted to know was, how fluent, to be a good opera singer, how fluent does one need to be in a particular language, say Italian or German or whatever language it needs to be?
2: I think I will let the singer, to
1: Answer.
9: Okay. Um, you don't, I, I, personally, I don't necessarily feel like you need to learn, know, know the language, like, um, fluently. It does help, obviously. But um, we're, we're in training and stuff like that. We're, you know, required to translate all of the music and, and all of the words and everything like that so it it definitely we should know exactly what we're saying and hopefully that comes across
1: Uh, (laughs) well it seems to flow so naturally i mean obviously you've practiced these particular songs and know what there's know what it means and all but um
9: yeah i realize with all these uh performances that that we speak a lot (laughs) it goes really quickly and um so i guess that has to do a lot of with repetition of, of the
6: (laughs) <laughs> well, and
5: actually as opera singers, we're, we need to be proficient in English, of course, um, Italian, French, and German, and mm-hmm. we also sing in Russian and some other foreign languages as well, just for the repertoire. So it's good to have a good handle on languages.
0: So do you think if you go to, a, like, say, Russia, for instance, you'd be able to... No.
6: <laughs> not really order food in a restaurant? I would, but no. Yeah. LAUGHTER <laughs> Does it help if you sing it to the waiter?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That always helps, I find, when you sing to people, you know. Yeah. They yeah. usually run away. But... Um, Sometimes. Now, what kind of difference does it make? I, I noticed a big... Uh, Mary and I were, were music students at the, un, at the university many, many years ago. And, you know, we, we had to study... I mean, opera was part of the... One of the things we had to study. And, you know, it's not something that most people do. <laughs> you know, I, right? And and Thank I remember goodness, the thing a turning point for <laughs> me was um, actually realize, you know, lis- uh, being able to read the libretto while listening to Mozart operas or whatever. And that and I realized that's half the fun of it—you have to know what's going on. So you typically—I know this is a fairly new movement in opera, right? Having having the libretto superimposed on a screen or something so people know what's but going on. But at
0: the same on. time, you're doing popular works
1: yeah we,
2: we are doing popular works, mm. and what actually what do we want to do with this company is to bring, um, to bring the opera how close as possible to the public and actually to show that actually opera is really fun it's really fun um, it's true you, you need to have an acquainted taste for opera and uh, if you, if you study and if you know the libretto and if you know what the singer actually says there, it's um, you understand much more, and um, it's it's much easier to follow. But the idea that we are we try to bring in this company is actually to be very close to the public, and because you go, don't get me wrong, I love Met Metropolitan Opera, I love Chicago Opera, I love all these amazing uh, companies. But then you go and you don't have 300 or 400 bucks to pay to stay really in the front row. So you are somewhere in the balcony and if you don't know too much about opera, you just see a little thing there on the <laughs> stage who sings and you really do not realize actually how powerful that person actually is singing because you do not, they don't have microphones and in, a, in the Chicago Lyric Opera, there are 3,500 seats. I mean, that's... Huge. And you need to go, uh, a human being, and just sing how loud you can. And people are like, hmm, yeah, sometimes I couldn't hear him, the orchestra was too loud, and things like this. But then when we bring these the, amazing voices, an amazing training, because I'm, I'm telling you, to train a voice to sing opera, Opera, sorry, not opera. Opera <laughs> takes it's different, takes. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a little difference. Yeah, <laughs> takes um, years and years. I mean, you finish your five years in the school, then you go to another two years for the masters, and maybe you're not even ready yet. And you still and you and actually that's the beauty of of singing. You will you will just develop every day for your entire career. But yeah, this, like you heard, close up, it's such an amazing experience to hear these really powerful and beautiful voices and very well trained.
0: Yeah, yes. I remember many years ago when someone told me that one of the beauties of singing is that your voice gets better with age. And that Hopefully. must be like a fine really, <laughs> really kind of a relief, you know, knowing, okay, I don't have 10 minutes. I have, yeah. you know, a little longer.
1: I, well, it's interesting what you just said, uh, answered one of my questions partly was and that maybe a lot of people wonder about this. We think of opera singers versus, let's um, say, excellent uh, vocal soloists. The difference in technique between the two
2: um, to be honest, I don't think that actually the technique okay. is different. What the sensations are, what the muscles are, what's really different, it's the style. If in pop music or in jazz, for example, you can scoop in a note, yeah, you want to sing this note, and uh, it's okay, nobody will die. In opera, if you do that, Suddenly oh my die. god, no, no. <laughs> You need to come from above and whatever. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's about the the style.
0: But it seems th- like somebody should write like a modern opera that has all the things you're not supposed to do in it.
2: <laughs> I think there are. Then, uh, who? <laughs> in January. Okay. Uh, oh. Do you know about that? No.
1: What? Missed it. Jerry Hoy. Jerry Hoy? No. But he's writing an opera. Okay. I will send information. have him send information to work. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. Let,
10: last week, I actually did uh, a workshop for a world premiere of uh, a story they're doing about the uh, 1963, the whole kind of year in the civil rights movement. And um, a number of the characters uh, have a lot of jazz and pop style uh, written into their vocal, like the, the traditional opera style. So you have... You know, uh, you know the people like um, Emmett Till is a character that comes up and, and kind of sings that Southern blues style. Um, it, it, it's interesting when it, when it, you see in the new operas how uh, newer styles of music have bled into an old style.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love seeing the rules and I love seeing the breaking of the rules. Right. you know, yeah. that's one of the beauties of music. You know, as you're learning music, they say, okay, this has to be this way and then you get beyond a certain point and they go, okay, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, really, I, like, I, Wait I, a minute.
2: <laughs> I, I think it has to be like that to, to follow the rules when you practice in your own room. When you go on stage, you need to be the character. You need to just transmit and just cross the fourth invisible wall and make people to laugh or cry or whatever you want to, to do. You, you, you forget about technique. If you're still thinking about technique when you are on stage, you're too late. You better <laughs> think twice yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious also just,
1: uh, just quickly about um, as students, <clears throat> you know, we, sometimes we're, we're, we're frightened of things that we don't understand, right? But uh, this is not pop music, obviously. It's, it's, a, it's a very old form. What brought some of you t- into this? I mean, we're all steeped in pop music, right? And, and having been classical students, I understand, you know, that's certainly not pop music. But this seems to even be a more specialized Area?
10: I'll, I'll answer really quick. I had a weird upbringing. Um, my dad was the director of an art museum, and my mom taught literature. I have a sister that does ballet, a brother that plays French horn, and my older sister is an art major. So we're weird. Um, and I, and <laughs> opera was always there. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't listen to the radio or watch TV. So it just kind of happened. Um, I'm, I'm very sheltered from pop culture like the simpsons or things like that normal people have um you know so for me it was just that's what you do and you sing classical music because that's how it happens but i know um i love to sing and when my voice changed i became a bass and um (laughs) and i realized i can't there really isn't anything written for me except for some opera i mean there's choral works but you know pop music and a lot of musical theater is all all way up there and so um so that's really what did it for me. I just, I just wanted to sing. And so here I am.
1: Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
5: And my mom was a piano teacher. So I ended up learning piano at a young age and got into Beethoven. And then one day... <laughs> and then one day I heard Cecilia Bartoli sing. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. So that's my story. Anyone
9: else? I guess we can all share because it's all very different. Um, just going to school with tons of, you know, singers and, and being in different programs and stuff like that, you hear tons of different stories as to how everyone got involved with it. And for me specifically, it was, uh, I started in choir and then it just went to musical theater and like Dan said, being a low voice, sorry about it. Um, we <laughs> don't have much other, but, you know, opera is, is, is fantastic and it's, um, it's strange. I, I don't know, my, my family's not musically inclined at all. So um, yeah, it's, it, each person has their own kind of like thing as to how they got involved with it. And here's yeah. Yeah. Um,
11: I actually grew up in church and my father used to always be the lead singer in the choir. So I used to follow him. You always, when you're younger, you want to be like your dad. So I started doing the choir stuff, started singing um, solos in the church choir. My, my background's instrumental before I became vocal. Um, I did two degrees in euphonium performance, and then I decided to get a voice degree. Um, yep. And then, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I just, <laughs> guess I just wanted to brag. Um, <laughs>
6: um,
11: I, I mean, I've always loved singing, and, but I was always horribly discouraged to do it. So it took me a while to get out of that mindset that I could actually do this But So it took me, what, two degrees to decide, hey, I should try singing.
0: Well, I would think that the euphonium would also
11: give you some breath. Oh, yeah, I can, that, I'm so glad for playing euphonium because I can actually breathe and I can...
0: Oh, you were also mentioning before the show about, um, since you're from New Orleans particularly that coming to chicago was difficult and then even coming up to madison was difficult yeah, yeah different
11: the- different altitudes sometimes cause you to have to sing a little differently in new orleans it's you know we're below sea level so okay. to come up to chicago and starting to sing when i first got there it was extremely hard for me to even breathe to get things going but once i got that after a year i went back to new orleans to sing and it was Pretty much the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, altitudes change, and it's, you have to adjust fast because you don't really have that much time.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Some, some of you from Chicago, Kudruts, you are actually from Chicago or, or live in Chicago. Um,
2: when I started this company, I started. I was in Madison. I was living here in Madison. And, with my wife, who finished her master degree in uh, voice, and now actually she's singing with um, Ryan Center, with Lyric Opera, so when she got that gig, we moved to, um, to Chicago, but that's this year in April. So this is the first time when I'm, I'm bringing, I'm combining people from Madison with people from, um, from uh, Chicago. Uh, yeah, we have uh, for our shows, which will be in the 3rd and 3rd December, 9th December, and uh, 10th December, you can go on the website candidconcertopera.org, there we'll have actually an orchestra. It won't be just with the piano, so yeah, please come again. Yeah, and one of the unique, unique things
1: about this company too, and this is in your words, Kudrut, so it's okay, is that they, they are so mobile, do you want them to come to your place and sing? They will.
2: All right. Exactly, yeah.
1: (laughs) So be careful. Candid Uh, Concert Opera.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Count Almaviva gains access to Rosina's house by impersonating a cavalry soldier, later a music teacher, Don Alonso. And the wily Figaro hatches a scheme to steal the key to Rosina's veranda and unites the Count and Rosina. Dr. Bartolo and Don Basilio plot to deceive Rosina into thinking that Lindoro is nothing but a cad with at least one other mistress at hand. And here in the following quintet, Figaro enters with razor and basin in hand and prepares to shave Dr. Bartolo. Figaro and the the Count attempt to use the age-old custom of bribery to keep Don Basilio out of the picture. And a notorious letter is brought to light, and there's a lawyer that enters the story as well.
8: Vengo? Qual the
7: come qua servitor, servitor di tutti quanti, E vuol dir serve
8: it, di noi chi mai serve it, serve vorrà, serve Don Basilio, come state? Come sto? Oh, che
4: s'aspetta questa barba, benedetta, la facciamo sì o no? Questa barba, la facciamo,
8: la facciamo sì o no? Ora vengo, ora vengo.
7: Il curiale, il curiale.
8: So, ma Don Marto l'ho spiegatavi. E una parola, e dottore
12: una parola. Don Basilio son da voi, ascoltate un poco qua. Son da voi, son da voi, ascoltate un poco qua. Fa. Fate po' che vada via che ci scopra
7: un gran mare. Ma mi sento il cuo' in Non mi state a disturbare. E la lettera signore è da fare ancora non sa. A cui certo vent'astigio
12: non s'arriva
7: dove indovinar. And she's called borsa, andati a letto, ma che tutti, ma che tutti si d'accordo. Presto
4: il letto, presto il letto, presto il letto, presto il letto, presto il letto, letto, letto presto
7: il letto, e non son sordo, non mi faccio, non mi faccio più pregare. Che brutta Ruta c'era, oh, ruta c'era.
3: Dr. Bartolo manages to convince Rosina that Figaro and Lindoro are cads working for their master, a Count Almaviva, and that she should marry him, Bartolo, immediately. But of course she ends up marrying her poor Lindoro, which uh, also revealed to be Count Almaviva and the thief and Don Alonso and a cavalry soldier that we haven't mentioned yet. In the end, all ends well, as it usually does in Italian comic opera. The police, of course, have no interest in arresting a count. Don Pesilio has no interest in turning down a bribe. And the count has no interest in pursuing Rosina's dowry from Dr. Barzolo. And some of the ruses utilized in the course of events prove to be no more than a vain precaution. And the happy couple? Oh, day of gladness. Oh, fortunato amore.
1: opera Thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. This is wonderful. Candidconcertopera.org find out more about what they're doing. You can stream or download
0: our podcast episodes, our past
1: <laughs> post pad Coast our, episodes? Our past coast. I thought you were gonna say. You can that.
0: download our past episodes at madtoastlive.com. Or you can find us at the podcast directory at iTunes, or if you're in the Madison area, you can tune into WORT 89.9 FM every Friday night at midnight, or online at local signs, localsounds.fm. Uh Every weekday at noon. <laughs> Special thanks
1: to Mary Gaines here on my left. Thank you. Yeah. So, I'm so proud. Enough. A special thanks to Mr. Andy LaValle, Sound, our front-of-house engineer and technical producer, Mr. Adam Boronic, our audio intern, and Mark Harrod for helping us out with the box office and also the use of his digital piano.
0: We'd like to thank the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue in downtown Madison. We'd like to thank, yes, WORT 89.9, listener-sponsored community radio, serving south-central Wisconsin for 36 years.
1: If you're a listener or a supporter of Mad Toast Live, one way you can help us by keep doing what we're doing is by passing info on about upcoming shows to anyone you might think would enjoy this variety of talent. Uh, we also feature a donate button on our website to help with ongoing production and promotional expenses. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening tonight.